Hello and welcome to this GBM Media Podcast. You're about to hear Serving Today, a programme for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in any form of Bible teaching, be that one-to-one or in small or larger groups, Serving Today will be relevant for you. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for pastors and church leaders. This is Andrew Cook. It's great to be together once more. The series on Ephesians continues. And we're joined by Malcolm Ryan in A Pastor Talks. Here on Serving Today, we're going through a series of talks on the book of Ephesians with the help of Ray Tibbs. Last time we were thinking about the challenge of living as children of the light. And to tell us about what the next passage teaches, here's Ray. Yes, in the next passage from verse 15 to verse 21 in Ephesians 5, Paul continues to contrast the conduct of the Christian with the conduct of the unbeliever. And he makes two exhortations. First of all, he says, believers must be wise. And that covers verses 15 through to 17. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Verse 15 tells us to take care. Christians must be careful to apply their knowledge of God and his word to their lives, even if it means being out of step with those around them. They are to order their lives by the God-given principles that they have in the Bible. Unbelievers may also use principles upon which they base their behaviour, but they are founded on passing ideas such as human instincts or public opinion or simple practicality. Then in verse 16, Paul says that we should take initiatives Christians are not to be ruled by the circumstances around them. They should consider the particularities of the age in which they live and take advantage of them for the sake of the gospel. Believers should take the opportunities presented every day to demonstrate their Christian faith. Instead of wasting time, we must use our time to the glory of God. So Christians are to take care about how they live and take initiatives as they present themselves. What else do verses 15 to 17 of Ephesians 5 exhort us to do? Well, verse 17 invites us to take stock. We must go to Christ constantly and find out what he wants us to do. We must try to understand his will and want to please him, as verse 10 says. We must seek him in prayer and look to his word and his example. We should not be led by our own desires or the opinions of others, but by the Holy Spirit. Because he is within us, he can direct our thinking and guide us into appropriate action. So that was the first heading, we are to be wise. What's the next one? Well, the next one in verses 18 through to 21 
exhorts us to be filled. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. The clearest example of a fool is a drunkard. And the clearest example of a wise man is a spirit-filled Christian. A drunkard indulges excessively in his drink and loses self-control. The spirit-filled believer is the opposite, self-controlled and using his faculties well. The sealing of the spirit and the baptism of the spirit are passive in which we have no part to play. But this, being filled, is a command, and so requires exertion on the part of the believer. Here Paul lists four actions that will help to bring about that filling. They are not signs of being filled, but the means by which we are filled. The sign of being filled is walking wisely in the light. Yes, that's an important distinction. Ray, what's the first of those actions to enable us to be filled with the Spirit? Well, first of all, in verse 19, there is fellowship. Believers must minister to each other. They must engage in personal, heartfelt sharing of their faith for the good of each other. They nurture one another by declaring what God has done for them. Then secondly, there is worship. Believers must address Christ and praise him for who he is. There must be genuine adoration which can be offered vocally or silently, individually or corporately, as personal testimony to his greatness. He must be worshipped because he deserves it even if he never had done anything for us. To be filled with the Spirit means not being in isolation as Christians, but rather sharing with other believers, and it means praising and worshipping Christ for who he is. What else are believers to do so that they can continue to be filled with the Spirit based on verses 18 to 21 of Ephesians chapter 5? Well, in verse 20, thanksgiving is shown to be important here. The reality is that God has done a great deal for us, and so we should always be ready to thank him for the many mercies we have received from him daily. Many blessings are ours simply because we are human beings. But as believers, blessings are multiplied immensely. They are given in the name of Jesus Christ to make us more like him. So because of him, we can identify them and use them constructively. Then also in verse 21, there's submission. Giving way to other believers is consistent with what has gone before, because all are equal in God's sight, and the gifts received by each other are all of grace. There is no reason or right to self-assertiveness. 
giving way to one another arises from mutual affection, humility and a willingness to cooperate. The Lord himself is our example in this once more. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 and Romans chapter 12 verse 10. Yes, the need for more of that is surely great in almost every church. Thank you indeed, Ray. It's time now to join our good friend Malcolm Ryan with the occasional series A Pastor Talks. This is where Malcolm addresses problems common to all believers and applies the Bible's truth to these issues. When trouble sweeps in, it can catch us off guard. As a result, we can so easily forget the lessons we've already learned in our Christian walk. Lessons that came out of previous crises, teaching us that God does answer prayer, that he does keep his promises, and that through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, he protects and guides us. Those assurances point to the fact that because our God is the God of past, present and future, there's nothing outside of his control. Yet, with us being only human, our roller coaster emotions can prevent us from thinking clearly. And that's what happens to the disciples when in Matthew chapter 14 from verse 22, a storm comes up while they're sailing across the Sea of Galilee. With the destructive force of the waves threatening to wipe them out, these men forget what they've only just learned about the power of the Lord Jesus. The power, that is, to do the amazing and impossible. Earlier in the chapter, Jesus had compassionately healed the sick and fed a large crowd. But now as he comes walking on the water, the struggling disciples are in such a negative state of mind that instead of their hearts leaping for joy, they're thinking only the worst. And they cry out in fear, It's a ghost! Then notice the following order of events. Firstly, in verse 27, Jesus chooses to calm their fears. Take courage, it is I, he says, so don't be afraid. Secondly, he reminds them of his supernatural abilities by saving Peter from sinking and drowning. Then finally, he calms the storm. And from this faith-challenging episode, we must learn to be brave in the face of adversity something that's only made possible by keeping our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus. Now when Peter did take courage by climbing out of the boat with the intention of walking on the water to Jesus, he was doing just fine, until he allowed himself to be troubled by the stormy conditions. Then in one very short sentence, he summed up the hopelessness that you and I can feel when we try to cope with problems on our own. And by exclaiming, Lord, save me, Peter was uttering the only words that make sense when we finally come to the end of ourselves and turn to God. In response, what did Jesus do? He reached out and saved Peter, while at the same time gently rebuking him. You of little faith, Jesus said, why did you doubt? 
why indeed we timidly respond as we refocus on the Lord and start thinking clearly again. For as we're reminded in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, when we look to Jesus, we're fixing our eyes on the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, while scorning its shame. Then, having risen from the dead, he would later ascend to heaven and sit down at the right hand of the throne of God. Talk about victory, and it's one in which we can share, because in the hands of Almighty God, trials become tools that will reshape us into the people he wants us to be. So maybe next time a storm hits, rather than pressing the panic button, we'll instead listen for the Lord's comforting voice and realize that it's well within his power to calm the wind and the waves in our lives. Malcolm Ryan. And there we have to leave it for now here on Serving Today. This is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May we entrust ourselves into the safekeeping of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, thanks for listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch with us, you can send us a message via WhatsApp. The number is plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. That's plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. Or email us. The address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk Until next time, goodbye.